Hello, I'm Petri Hoskin, and if you're listening to this show, then it's safe to say you'll love Hacks and Flax. Hacks and Flax is where you get the inside scoop on how journalist hacks and the flax of government and business work behind the scenes to decide which stories you'll be reading with your morning coffee and perhaps more importantly, how they keep certain headlines off the front pages. I'm assisted by a regular panel of hacks and flacks who lift the lid on that special relationship between press and politics. So let hacks and flacks blow your mind and change the way you look at news forever. Tom Swarbrick on LBC. With Enterprise, great rates on weekend escapes. 10 to 6 the time, Friday, Tom Swarbrick on LBC and you know what's coming. It's, for my money, the best bit of storytelling across the dial. Sit back, relax, he'll take it from here. It's Simon Marks, American Week. Tom, by the time you are hearing this, I will be at 35,000 feet heading back to the United States after a month on the road in Asia. As you can hear, I've already got a frog in my throat, and that's even before I arrive in the land of the free, where New York and Washington are facing a weekend with some of the worst air quality in the world, thanks to those Canadian wildfires. The message is this is not over. You know, it's, we might get a little respite. But I don't want people to let down their guard and to become complacent about this. New York Governor Kathy Hochul, who among other things is urging residents in her state to wear face masks to combat the crisis. While people in the Northeast look for ways to spend the weekend indoors, as if by magic, late last night, some made-for-TV distraction appeared. I got some breaking news on former President Donald Trump. Eamon Javers joining us on the phone with more. Eamon, what are we learning? Well, Brian, the former president has posted on his Truth Social platform that he has been indicted in the classified documents case. NBC with the breaking news that Donald Trump has made history again. He's now the first sitting or former president ever to be indicted on criminal charges twice. This time relating to his alleged mishandling of classified documents. Those boxes of papers carted off to his Mar-a-Lago estate in Florida instead of being handed over to the National Archives at the end of his presidency. ABC News Justice Department correspondent Pierre Thomas had more details of the case against the former president. Trump and his associates knew that federal prosecutors were going to come to Mar-a-Lago and apparently there's surveillance footage in which someone is seen taking the documents out the day before the prosecutors were supposed to get there. So the stage is set for fresh political and legal theatre. The front-runner in the race for the Republican Party's presidential nomination says he will appear before a judge in Miami next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Florida time. They come after me because now we're leading in the polls again by a lot against Biden and against the Republicans by a lot. And we can't let it happen They're trying to destroy your reputation so they can win an election. So I just want to tell you, I'm an innocent man. I did nothing wrong. And here we go again. Very unfair. But that's the way it is. Trump and his team moved mountains last night to try and control the narrative. In their telling, the Justice Department is now acting as a weapon of Joe Biden's re-election campaign, absolutely determined to stop Trump in his tracks from becoming the Republican candidate next year. When your name is Donald Trump, when you're leading in the polls, you are going to get hit hard. You are going to get indicted until you can't take it anymore. Trump attorney Alina Haber there on Fox News. President Trump is 76 years old. 
If the Department of Justice gets his way, he will die in federal prison. Hours later, Trump backer and Fox News host Mark Levin on the same channel. What did he do with the documents? Did he sell them to the enemy? No! That's why we have an espionage act, not the trick of a president. What did he do? Did he burn them all? No! The government has all the documents back. But they throw the book at him. He accused the Biden Justice Department of insurrection. Democrats gleefully celebrated the news of Trump's legal woes deepening, but the indictment doesn't stop him from campaigning, nor from serving again in the Oval Office. And it absolutely complicates life for other candidates seeking the Republican Party's nomination, including one man who formally entered the race this week. My family and I have been blessed beyond measure with opportunities to serve this nation, and it'd be easy easy to stay on the sidelines. But that's not how I was raised. That's why today, before God and my family, I'm announcing I'm running for President of the United States. We can bring this country back. Former Vice President Mike Pence, that video contains not a single image of Donald Trump, the president he served alongside. And in remarks at his official campaign kickoff in Iowa, Pence made it clear he's gunning for his former boss. I believe that anyone who puts themselves over the Constitution should never be president of the United States. And anyone who asks someone else to put them over the Constitution should never be president of the United States again. Tough stuff indeed, but recognizing Trump's 30% advantage over all his Republican rivals in the polls, take a listen to Mike Pence twisting himself up into a pretzel on CNN over the looming criminal indictment of Donald Trump. The serious matter, which has already happened once in New York, I'm indicting a former president of the United States, sends a terrible message to the world. I hope the DOJ thinks better of it and resolves these issues without an indictment. Sir, I just want to clarify, what you're saying is that if they believe he committed a crime, they should not go forward with an indictment? Let me be clear that no one's above the law. Okay. But with regard to the unique circumstances here, I would just hope that uh, there would be a way for them to move forward without the dramatic and drastic and divisive step of indicting a former president of the United States. Now we know the Department of Justice didn't agree, and all those other candidates trying to topple Trump will be nervous to see whether the latest charges cement the former president's support in place among Republicans or begin to fracture it. This week saw the strengthening of the U.S. relationship with the U.K., or at least the Biden relationship with Rishi Sunak. Well, Mr. President, Mr. President, I just, I just demoted you, Mr. Prime Minister. It's great to have you back. That small presidential gaffe notwithstanding, the two men unveiled an agreement grandly titled the Atlantic Declaration, essentially a series of deals over the economy that falls way short of a full-scale two-way trade agreement, but is arguably the best the Prime Minister could get from an American president who isn't interested in forging one. I know some people have wondered what kind of partner Britain would be after we left the EU. We're committed to our values as ever, as reliable an ally as ever, as attractive an investment destination as ever. But we're changing too. We're strengthening our relationships, not just with old friends, 
but with new friends in the Indo-Pacific too. That may not entirely resolve the matter, but both governments say the Prime Minister's visit did help forge better bilateral understanding. As it was underway, America learnt of the death of one of the most reactionary figures in its modern history. We have just learned a short time ago that televangelist Pat Robertson, a giant in religious politics, died overnight. Gail King with the news yesterday on CBS. It was 1959 when Pat Robertson bought a a bankrupt local television station in Virginia and went on to turn it into a multi-million dollar evangelical broadcasting empire. The Christian Broadcasting Network, home to his own daily program for six decades, became a central factor in the political polarization of America and a haven for his extremist views. Take a listen to some of them, starting with his reaction to the earthquake in Haiti in 2010. Something happened a long time ago in Haiti. They got together and swore a pact to the devil. They said, we will serve you if you'll get us free from the French. Hmm. True story. And so the devil said, okay, it's a deal. You've got a couple of uh, same-sex guys kissing. You like that. Well, that makes me want to throw up. The Bible says, if any man will not work, let him not eat. Now, that didn't say if any man will not work, let him go to the soup kitchen and let the government pick up the tab. Just awful, but millions adored him and backed him in his 1988 unsuccessful quest for the presidency. Four decades later, his network claims to have 350 million viewers worldwide, and many of them funded Pat Robertson every time he asked for money. You can find me in the phone book, just to call my toll-free Invariably, Brits unmask America's absurdities like Genesis did in 1991. They had Pat Robertson's toll-free number, Tom, but definitely didn't want you to call it. Via Washington, D.C., LBC's Simon Marks, American Week.